know, with the golf course, I'm not opposed to people playing regular golf. Do I think a lot of people would have a much more fun time playing fling golf? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. It actually, so it makes me laugh that like kids now, they, I have been asked and I'm not even that old, like, oh, were you born in the 1900s? And I'm like, why do you say it like that? That makes me feel so old. Like, and I was towards the end of it. So I'm like, that's right. That's right. What were you born in the 2000s? Like, <laughs> Welcome back to the Future of the Fairway podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland, and this is episode nine, the final episode of the front nine episodes of season one. I decided to split season one into two different sections of nine uh, episodes each, the front nine and the back nine. Um, today, I am honored and privileged to have Britt Morrison on the pod to close out this initial run of interviews, and what a fun episode it is. Britt is course manager at American Classic Golf Club, home of the inaugural New Swarm Classic and presenting sponsor of the Future of the Fairway. She's also the founder of Britt Marie Fitness, which you can find out more about in the links in the episode description. Finally, she's known as the Reggie Queen, which we briefly chat about. Britt's not new to pod podcasting, though, having co-hosted Classic Chatter a few years back, which can be found via a Google search if you're so inclined. She's super easy to speak with and is always ready to shine the light on the people around her. We talk about a range of subjects, including some TV and podcast recommendations, what it was like competing as the only woman in the new Swarm Classic, and we even get a little bit of trash talk about the upcoming Virginia Fling Golf Open, as well as a whole lot more. So here we go. Episode 9 with Britt Morrison. All right. I am uh, very excited to have the Reggie Queen herself, Britt Morrison, joining us on the podcast today. Britt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Um, fun fact, I was actually just at a five-day music festival, um, so I'm a little tired, <laughs> mostly because we were camping, and uh -huh. as you get older, camping is not easy. Um, it was me and my cousin, and we set up our whole camp ourselves. It was like 40 degrees some of the nights, so not oh, necessarily super pleasant, but it was fun. Uh -huh. It was a good time. Cool. What kind of uh, what kind of a festival music festival was it? So it's a Firefly Music Fest. It's in Dover, Delaware, actually. So it's mm -hmm. pretty close by for me. Um, and they had let's see, their big act this year was Green Day. Um, oh wow! And they had Halsey, Dua Lipa, My Chemical Romance was there because they just made a comeback. Um, and who oh, was Dead? If people like EDM, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but there was also T-Pain was on Sunday. Um, okay. <laughs> wow. Was, what a lineup. I know. He was saying he's been doing this for like 20 years or something. And he's like, I'm so happy people still like me. And I was <laughs> like, he's like, I'll keep doing it if people still listen. So um, he was pretty fun, though. He was someone who I just caught by accident. And he was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, Avril Lavigne, she's also been around a wow. long time. She performed. Yeah. Um, all time low. They were popular in like 2008 when I was in eighth mm -hmm. grade. So that was pretty cool to see them finally yeah. Yeah. after so many years. But um, yeah, it was just, it was re really fun. Uh, really cool week. Fun. fun. I, Green Day. Um, 
I think their um their big album was it Dookie hit yes. my freshman year of high school. So um yeah. that was uh <laughs> they said they've also been doing it for like I think they were 30 years, close to 30 uh-huh, years. Uh-huh. Um, cause they had, well, the American idiot album was big too. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, they pretty much played their greatest hits, which was yeah. cool. But. Oh, fun. So when I, now, when I think of green day, uh, right before we started recording, you and I were talking about podcasts and podcasts we enjoy. Um, and I want to pick your brain about, about that. But one of the ones I've, uh, listened to the past few years, um, is office ladies. Cause I'm a big fan of, uh, the American, office and uh apparently jenna fisher who played pam um is good friends with the lead singer from green day as oh my revealed God, really? on one of their podcast episodes she got um there was i think i forget which episode it was but they used one of um green day songs in it and uh so for the episode when she and angela were viewing she got Billy Joe Armstrong to do the intro uh, and recap of that episode on their podcast. No <laughs> so way. That was, uh, that was pretty fun. You know, I haven't listened to that podcast, but I have seen it pop up on my recommended for you like often. Mm-hmm. Um, my fiance, Brandon Hammond, who played in the tournament, he is mm-hmm. a huge office fan, like the biggest. And yeah, I yeah. had like watched the office one time through, like before we started dating. And then mm-hmm. he's watched it maybe 20 times through the whole way. <laughs> so now I know like everything because it's always on. Um, it's like that yeah. one show you can always have on in the yeah, background yeah. of your house. Like no one cares. Mm-hmm. Um, that and Parks and Rec. I do like that as well. Uh, that, again, yeah, those are brilliant shows. Those are our go-tos. Um, we're doing, we kind of rotate through office parks and rec Frasier uh, is yep. one that we um we go back to um and then when i've been traveling for work kathy's been rewatching the good place uh as well so i started through line, the good place. yeah i like it it's good yeah uh, michael sure is uh is definitely a great great writer and, and creator i know he wasn't involved with Frasier, but he was a big fan of big fan of cheers uh which mm-hmm. uh, comes from the um where Frazier came from, but uh, yeah, those are, those are some really fun shows. So, yeah. I'm a big um, uh, Netflix person. So like every show that's on there, I've probably watched. Stranger <laughs> <laughs> um, Things, you know, all of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Any, um, any new ones right now that you're watching or things that you're going back to watch again? So actually I, I'm really into House of Dragon. Um, I mm-hmm. like Game of Thrones a lot as well. And House of Dragon is amazing. Um, I love kind of just the story that they like threw it out there. You know, this is 200 some years before yeah, yeah. what you know. And then they've kind of built on that. And that's, it's cool to see how they're doing it now. Um, and then another show I've been watching is uh, Rings of Power which is okay. mm-hmm. the Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of set before Lord of the Rings as well. So um, I'm very much into, I'm very athletic, but I'm very much nerdy at heart. Like I okay. really like sci-fi. I like, you know, superheroes. I think all that's pretty fun. Um, so I don't know if you and Austin talked about that at all, but kind of our whole collective group here mm-hmm. is the same way. We all kind of watch the same shows, talk about it, even as we play, like, everyone will be like, Oh, did you catch house of dragon this week? Like who's watching it this weekend? You know, um, which is pretty fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when uh, when Austin and I talked for the podcast in July, we had, we didn't get into. I don't think we got into TV shows when uh, when he and Brandon and Jack came over to play a few weeks ago um, uh, to prep for the tournament. Um, we did talk about that, and they mentioned uh, Game of Thrones being a big one. Kathy and I watched the first episode of House of Dragon a couple of weeks after it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we really enjoyed Game of Thrones, um, but it had been a while since we watched Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. We were we were watching Abbott Elementary for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great show, very funny, very much the opposite of Game of Thrones and House of Dragons. So we, it took us, we were like, we finished the first episode. I was like, yeah, that was good. But like, it's been a while since we've seen that kind of gore. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is, um, this is a quite a contrast from uh, the happenings of an elementary school in Philadelphia and what they're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I watched the last season of Game of Thrones, like the week before House of Dragon came out. Mm-hmm. And um, Brandon and Austin, they both were like, why are you watching the last season? Why wouldn't you just start at the front and then like go all the way through? And I'm like, well, I know what happens, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just kind of got to get back in the like frame of mind of yeah, yeah. that show because it's so, it's gory at times, but yet like trying to figure out who everyone is and all of that, like you got to mm-hmm kind of start thinking about like the houses and all of that as well yeah yeah so um i was like yeah that was really my goal and i you know the last season meh but (laughs) yeah i think that was uh that was definitely our take uh as well all right so brit for uh for folks who may not know you are based uh in lewis delaware um, you work mm-hmm. as the course manager at American Classic, uh, which hosted the New Swarm Open uh, in May of uh, 2022. Um, so when you're talking about the crew, you're talking about the Delaware crew. Um, you've got, the, I think, the very first uh, fling-off league uh, that's yeah. uh, currently happening. Well, I think there was one a few years ago. There's another one that's uh, happening right now as we speak. Um so, yep. um, so yeah, d- tell us a little bit about that, how, how you got involved at American Classic, uh, what it is you do there, and, um, and if you want to talk about the cast of characters there, you can do that too. Okay. Um, so uh, American Classic in Lewis, I'm the course manager, um, pretty much handle all of the day-to-day operational things. Um, me and Austin do that together, and then... Mm-hmm. Um, he handles more of the golf end of things and I handle more of the, um, events and staffing, marketing, business kind of end of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so like for the tournament, you know, getting the sponsorships and making sure that the volunteers were all organized and where they needed to be and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting t-shirts and all of that really fun stuff. Um, but the tournament itself was so fun. Um, kind of seeing I've worked here for 10 years. This is my 10th year. I've worked at classic since the start. Um, my parents own it. My dad rock and my mom, Bonnie, um, they've been entrepreneurs there most of their lives. Um, they have Mm -hmm. a geothermal business in Pennsylvania is where they started with it, but they ended up coming across this golf course in 2012 and they were like, this is just kind of cool. So we should do this. Like, you know, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at the end of the day, my dad was like, well, if it doesn't work out, I have my own private golf course, whatever, you know, like who cares <laughs> if, it, if people like it or not, I guess we'll see. So um, we ended up opening in 2013. 
Memorial Day weekend of 2013. So Memorial Day next year will be our 10 year open, 10th awesome. year open. Um, but I've been working here since 2012, kind of in the renovation process. Um, mm -hmm. And it's always been a family thing. Like I was graduating high school, so I moved to Delaware. My dad was down here. Uh, my mom was going up back and forth because my sister was still in high school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my cousin at the time was our greenskeeper. There was um, some family friends that had come down to like help us get it all ready to open. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always been a big family project, but it's been fun always. I love working with a family business. I think that's the best part. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, and then we get the opportunity to have the first fling golf tournament, um, which was amazing. Um, it went over so great. Everything mm -hmm. was perfect, um, except the weather, which was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was hot, but it, it, it wasn't miserable, um, I guess. for uh, It had been pretty pretty cold a few days before or the week before, so I think that shift was um, was pretty uh, – pretty substantial it was like easy 60s like the entire yeah. month except for <laughs> that weekend and i was like what are the odds that we have no rain zero cloud cover <laughs> it's a hundred plus like the yeah. humidity was insane um but i mean other than that everyone did a great job i just want to take a quick second to thank all the volunteers and everyone who helped make that tournament possible because without their assistance it would not have been possible. Um, I mean, we all worked a lot, but you know, there was people that came in from out of town just to help because they were our friends. And um, the two cart girls, if anybody mm -hmm. talked to them, um, my cousin Taylor, who was just at Firefly with me was one of them. And my friend Jess, who's from New Jersey, came down just for that as well to help me out. Oh, how so, cool. Um, shout out to them and you know, Shout out to my sister as well, who was operating social media, taking care of a baby and doing my job, which allowed me to play. So um, shout out, Brooke. You're awesome. So mm -hmm. um, that's Austin's wife, if anybody doesn't know. Yeah. So me and Austin are not married. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> Some people think that we're much brother and sister. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, so he's my brother-in-law. Um, and of course their baby Navy is, we like to call her the encore. If I, I don't think that was added in his podcast, but Navy <laughs> is the great. encore. He's the showtime, he's the encore. Um, <laughs> well, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll echo your, I'll echo, echo your um, appreciation for the volunteers. Um, one of the things that I've, I've talked with everybody about was one, how great uh, American classic was great place to host. And I think one of the things that made that so special was the staff and the volunteers that were there. It was, it was so cool to uh, be able to walk around and, you know, if I had a question, there was somebody there to answer it. Um, there were people there that were cheering um, people there um, who were um, just very encouraging and very excited to see what was happening. And I, I walked away very impressed with, um, with the, the staff and the volunteers and the community that y'all built there. Um, so yeah, kudos to you for getting yeah. all that together. Um, and I would get, I would also, are we allowed to talk about Brooke being a saint simply for being married to Austin and continuing? Yes, to we are. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. 
Hello. Today's episode of Future of the Fairway is brought to you by American Classic Golf Club, home of the first world fling golf tournament. Here at American Classic, we like to do things a bit differently. We offer nine holes instead of 18. We like to deck out our golf carts and American flags, and we make sure to put the biggest emphasis on having fun. If you're ever visiting the Lewis or Rehoboth Beach areas or anywhere near Lower Delaware, please give us a call today to book your fling golf tee time. You can do so by giving us a call at 302-703-6662 or visiting us at AmericanClassicGolf.com for more information. We look forward to having you. We hope to see you soon. And do not forget, you got to aim high to let it fly. And now back to the future of the Fairway Podcast. I think we were chatting. I don't think we got to talk at the tournament. Um, and I, I don't think I met Brooke either. So, um Y'all are both planning to come over to Virginia uh, in less than a month to uh, to compete uh, both in the individual tournament and uh, the team tournament. So it'd be a great chance to see y'all and get to meet you and uh, get to hang out and um, and yeah, find out that um uh, that other half of um, of uh, of that duo. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're really excited. We're playing in the team event together. We decided uh, we were going to play together as sisters because we are both extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister more so than me. She might be okay. more competitive than even Austin, um, <laughs> so, which is funny. So I can't wait to see how this team event works out because yeah, he's yeah. coming for their group. He's like, you think you and Ken are going to be at the top, <laughs> but we're coming up the rank. That's great. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if there's other uh, female teams or not, but we're, you know, we're excited to get out there and have fun. Yeah. Um, and I did convince her to do the singles tournament. She wasn't going to, cause she's like, what am I going to, you know, like, I'm not going to beat these guys out here throwing 280 or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I was like, but you know, it's just all for fun. Like I didn't actually expect in the new swarm open, I didn't, um, expect to be the only woman. I thought there would mm-hmm. be other female participants. Um, so not going to lie, it was a little nerve wracking because I was like, yeah, uh, okay. So I'm with like all guys, which is fine. I'm so used to being the only girl. Um, mm-hmm. I was the only girl who worked at American Classic for a very long time other than my sister, but uh-huh. um, she does real estate now, so she doesn't work here anymore. But I'm used to being the only girl in the guys' club. Uh, and then with fling golf, the same way. I mean, a lot more guys play it, even in our leagues and stuff. A lot more guys mm-hmm. play it than girls. So, um, would you say yeah. that um, uh, the proportion or the ratio is um, similar to what you see from uh, traditional golfers at the course, or are there more? Uh, women coming to play traditional golf uh, as compared to to men? Um. So, I mean, at our course specifically, I see we we get a lot of women, mostly Mm -hmm. because we're nine holes. And I think nine holes is a lot less intimidating than 18. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not a super long course either. So we're kind of the next level up from like the local par threes. Um, Okay. And I think, you know, Obviously, if you want to ride in a cart and like, you know, have a drink afterwards and hang out with your friends and stuff, we're like the perfect spot. So we do have a lot of um, women who golf here. 
I would say it's probably an even 50 50 here, okay. mm-hmm. but for fling golf, um, I mean, during the summer leagues that we kind of have every year, I would say we probably have at least 25% women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have a good amount of like juniors, like, um, under 16, I would say mm-hmm. kind of the lacrosse, um, yeah. influence players. Like they do tournaments every weekend, but then some of them hear about fling golf. So they come over and try it out, you know, with their friends. So we get a lot of kids too, um, which is great. Cause we had, I think in the tournament, there was two, I think it was drew and, uh, Swaggy P, I think they were the only two kids that played in the singles tournament. Right, right. And then Latham did the longest fling. Was he mm-hmm. the only kid that did the longest fling, though? I, I think so. I think that there okay. was um, one of the a guy who was around college age. Yeah. Was yes. the next youngest okay. um, as far as the longest fling uh, went. Um, yeah. That's still cool, too. So, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't actually think at the time whenever I was playing in the tournament. Like, I really just wanted to do it because I like playing golf. This is our golf course. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to play, like, it's going to be this time. Like, yeah. you know, so um, I think it was actually TJ. He was talking to me after and he was like, kind of being like, you know, you're like doing it for all the women out here. Like, you're like, it's kind of a big deal. And I was like, I really didn't think it was a big deal. Like. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, yeah, I just want to play. Like, you know, like I had a great group that I played with. They were really supportive of me. Um, Jason Bellinger mm-hmm. and Tom Glenn, who works here. So he already knew me. But um, and then coach from Louisiana. We had a pretty fun group, actually. I really liked the guys I played with. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, they were really cool about like, you know, always trying to include me and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure we talked about like TV shows as well during the tournament. I feel yeah. like we were just all kind of chilling. Like, you know, there was like not a lot of pressure in our group. Um, but I know Jason and Tom, like they definitely were throwing significantly farther than me and coach. Um, mm-hmm. it was actually mm-hmm. coach's first time playing. He had never played oh, wow. before oh, wow. until the tournament. And I was like, oh, so you like chose today to start? And he was like, I guess. <laughs> So cool. we were giving but, him but, some pointers and stuff, but. but you were still able to, uh, to compete. I mean, you, you finished with a, a pretty fair score if I remember right. I shot an 80, I think with mm-hmm. the Reggie's. Um, okay. so, and I had three or four Reggie's, um, mm-hmm. and then somehow got the nickname, the Reggie queen. I have no idea who came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was someone, it was, it might have been Steve or Alex or someone when we were walking by, like okay, the okay. veggies we had had. And yeah. I think we started on hole four. So when we passed the table, we'd only played like five holes. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I had Reggie two out of five. And I think yeah, that's okay, kind yeah. of where it started, if I had to <laughs> guess. I don't really remember. But um, mostly because it was so hot and I was so tired. <laughs> um, delusions were setting in. But um, – yeah, it was, it was still a lot of fun. I shot, I definitely shot an 80, definitely could have done better, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it was hot and we were all just having a good time. So yeah, I well, I, I, like I was going to say, y'all, I know Austin, what's that? I think I placed like 25th roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
not bad at 40. That's yeah. 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 Well, I was 20th uh, out of 40. So I, I, I like to, I think I, sometimes I'll reference uh, 20th or right in the middle of the pack from the stroke play uh, yeah. for that. Um, but uh, let's see the, so you were still able to be competitive. Um, there were different T markers um, for that. What, what was the difference um, as far as distance goes um, between, uh, was it the red tees and the blue tees? Yeah, so the full, um, the yardage difference, I'm not exactly sure. I'm so used to playing the golds here, which is where the forward tees are from. Okay. There's like the yellow ones, I think was what I was playing from, and you guys were playing from the orange. Um, so, I mean, it's probably like, I don't even want to say it's a thousand yards less. It, I don't even think it's that, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's just enough to where like hole two, I didn't really have the water in play. Okay. Um, okay. And yep. then hole nine. Hole two is the par was, five. Yeah. On the course. So hole two actually, um, I don't know. I somewhat felt like I was, I didn't want to not move back. Like when everybody else moved back to the blue, like mm, for the mm -hmm. second round or whatever on two and nine, I also moved back cause I didn't want it to be like unfair. Um, oh, okay. I do think I probably could have shot a lot better cause I ended up losing my ball on hole two. Um, <laughs> unfortunately it bounced right out into the water instead of bouncing towards the fairway. Oh. Um, so I probably could have been a little bit higher, even maybe mm -hmm. close to the 20th, um, mm -hmm. without that hole, but whatever it, you know, yeah. who cares? Yeah. It was yeah. all for fun. <laughs> My group was like, you could totally do it. I was like, ah, I probably could. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't work out yeah. on that hole, but, <laughs> um, I, I'm curious on your perspective of, uh, of getting more women uh, to play fling golf. Um, I know that one of the things that I've, that I appreciate about it is the there's not as much of a learning curve as traditional golf. Um, mm -hmm. and the accessibility I feel like is, uh, uh, much, uh, much better, uh, for, I, I in my mind for anybody. Um, but I'm, I'm curious from, uh, from your perspective, if that's, if that holds, um, and if there's, uh, you know, what, what any ideas that you have on, on making that even more accessible, particularly for, uh, for women and girls. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're under the age of 20, it's like a no-brainer because mm -hmm. you look at the game of golf and you're like, this is not for me. Like, mm -hmm. I always felt that way whenever I was younger. Um, like, my grandfather had golfed and my dad was a golfer and that's what they did and they liked that. But I was like, this is going to take a lot of time to learn, a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. Like, I was used to playing, like, rugby and field hockey, so, like, it's not something that I was necessarily going to pick up quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And for field hockey, just to clarify, I was a goalie. So I was not even with like the stick skills. <laughs> um, I used my feet primarily. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, um, but like my sister, she picked up golf really quick, like, and she liked mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And, but she was a field hockey softball player and she just was naturally gifted in golf. So, you know, playing with her, I was always like, well, I'm not going to beat her in golf. Like that's not happening. Um, <laughs> 
So, you know, when we found Fling Golf, I liked it immediately because it was easy. It was very straightforward. Um, I had thrown Javelin in high school as well. And that kind oh, okay, of cool. is very mm-hmm. similar with like the crow hop and the approach. And then the um, aiming point is almost the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think doing that was very helpful. Um, I know for some of the Older people who try fling golf here, older women specifically, they don't want to make a fool out of themselves and Mm -hmm. they don't want to be embarrassed about, um, you know, if they can't run and throw it or, you know, do everything correctly. Um, Even when you try to explain that it doesn't have to be correct, there's no correct way to throw it. I'm like, however, it's comfortable for you. Um, I know Global Fling Golf Friday, I actually played with a group everybody was brand new. Two -hmm. of them were older women over the age of 60. And then two, it was a couple, I think, who was younger. They were probably like 40. They weren't, you know, necessarily super young, but not old either. So um, the couple liked it. uh, And they've come back several times. The older women, I actually have one as a fitness client. So she was like comfortable with me. But Mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, this is like not for me. Like I'm going to (laughs) like, I'm going to fall down. I'm going to like tumble around doing this. Um, So I don't know. I think it just probably depends on your um, perspective of it. If you're outgoing enough to try it instead of plain Mm -hmm. old golf, Um, you know, with the golf course, I'm not opposed to people playing regular golf. Do I think a lot of people would have a much f- more fun time playing fling golf? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of bachelor parties out here where like you get two people who know how to uh-huh. golf and they're like, yeah, uh-huh. we're golfing. And then the rest are like, eh, we might like ride in the cart and like, we'll bring the beer or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've actually started to try to like get them to try fling golf. Cause one, it's faster. Yep. Two, yep. you know, I think one the people who didn't think they were going to have a good time out here ended up having a pretty fun time um, mm-hmm. by trying something new. It was a bit more easy to learn, less expensive um, yeah. than regular golf. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about if you're willing to give it a try. I would say so. Like Austin started doing clinics, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of people like they're not comfortable just like signing up for a tea time and going out and playing like, you know, you give them a little demo at the shack or whatever. And they're like, okay, but I still don't know. So um, I know his clinics have been helpful trying to get more people like into the whole game versus just like trying it once and, you know, giving it up after that. But um, I think to get more women involved, I think it just takes more women to play to get their friends to come play with them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you kind of have that community build off of that. So. Yeah. I'm excited. We've got uh, you and Brooke and uh, there's one other woman who signed up for the um, uh, Virginia fling golf open. Uh, so awesome. I think that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, and uh, trying to find, you know, get, uh, get even more women uh, to, to sign up and play. I know my daughter who is seven, um, really wants to play. I think she and Latham both would like to play in the uh, team tournament. Um, they would love to play together, but that would mean that one or both of them would need to drive the golf cart. Um, and that's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) 
um, for that. I think that they would uh, they would have a, uh, a good time. But I, I will put it out there. If anybody wants to um, uh, to team up with either of them, um, reach out. We'll, we've got a spot. They'll be glad to uh, to do that. They know the course. Um, you know, they may not be able to help you uh, with your score too much, but uh, maybe uh, they could give some pointers on uh, on playing oh, yeah. at Massanutten. Hey, knowing the course is like a big deal. I mean, I know the guys oh, yeah. played a couple weeks ago um, and they all said they liked the course. They were like, it was really cool to head over to a different place. And like, that was also really fling golf friendly. Um, and then, you know, play with you in Latham. But they were like, it's definitely challenging. It's mm -hmm. not easy. They were like, there's no way anyone's going to have like the best score ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and they brought a scorecard back for me to look over. And I was like, well, you know, we'll try it out. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it should be fun. I am excited for, I don't know if I'm more excited for the singles or the team. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I love team aspect things though. So like, and mm -hmm. getting to play with Brooke is, um, we actually used to play in our original women's league golf league together here. Oh, okay. Now, we were both not great, and the league was maybe like 10 people, and mm -hmm. we were significantly younger than everyone else who played, um, <laughs> but still, we took it like super seriously, um, so it was fun, though. We liked doing that kind of thing, so um, yeah, but I think uh, the tournament, the any competition with fling golf, I would love to see there be some sort of women's division eventually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. women's own tournaments or um, even just like groupings or anything um, mm -hmm. where we could have that many women get involved would be really fun. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I definitely agree. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. Future of the Fairway podcast is sponsored by Mission Belt. Mission Belt is a belt company that donates a dollar from each belt to fight hunger and poverty through micro-lending. The belts are designed to fit perfectly without any holes, so that you can tighten them to your exact liking. And let me tell you, they're incredible. I bought my first one several months ago, and it's the best belt I've ever owned. It adjusts every quarter of an inch, giving me the perfect fit every time. You've got to get you one of these. Like Fling Golf, Mission Belt was featured on Shark Tank, and I love that connection. But more so, I love the fit, the look, and the ease of the belt. Listeners can get a 10% off your total purchase for Mission Belt. Use promo code FLINGGOLF when you're checking out. Mission Belt. Fits perfectly. Fights poverty. And now, back to the future of the Fairway podcast. Um, so you and Brooke, uh, what's the age difference? You said you're the older sister. Yes, I'm older. Everyone thinks she's older than me, but um, I'm okay. older. I think it's because she, you know, got married and has a child already. And okay, yeah. I am just engaged to Brandon, but um, not quite ready to pull the trigger on dealing with wedding details just yet. Sure, sure. Um, mostly because of the fling golf tournament. <laughs> it was a lot to deal <laughs> with before. I was like, there's no way. He was like, it's fine. So... Well, I'll say, um, you know, uh, I think Brooks is, um, he's scheduled to get married a few weeks after the tournament. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, that's um, like crazy time to like, <laughs> right. now, thankfully he's the groom. He might have less, uh, to <laughs> handle, but, um, yeah, see, that would be too much stress for me. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're hoping to get married in the next like two years or so, but, cool. um, cool. 
yeah, but me and Brooke were three years apart. Um, okay. So I was born in 94 and she was 97. So yeah, okay. just about a full three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so close enough to be friends, uh, uh, but also close enough to be competitive. Um, yes. So <laughs> I was always the bigger, I was always the bigger and stronger one. She actually was always like the fast, small one. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're kind of even in size, which is funny, yeah. but I didn't think that would ever happen. So, uh, yeah, I used to beat up on her a little bit, but <laughs> she knows how to fight dirty. So, and uh-huh. she'll tell you that herself. She'll be like, oh, I can hold my own. I'm fine. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. we, we've always gotten along really well. I, you know, wouldn't trade having our age difference and mm-hmm. uh, relationship as sisters for anything. Love her so much. So, and we're each other's biggest fans. We're also the first one to call each other out on, "Hey, you mm-hmm. missed that shot, so you're going to need to pick it up." Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not losing this round. So, <laughs> well, that's good. Well, uh, be sure you can uh, after we chat or sometime before the tournament uh, if you want to. Um, send me a preferred pairing for the group tournament or who you don't want to play with. Um, I've I've heard, I've heard from a few people, Hey, you know, if you can put me with uh, so-and-so that'd be great or, or make sure you don't put me with. uh, Yeah. Um, I'll definitely uh, make sure that uh, y'all get uh, preference uh, on, on either who you want to be paired with or or to stay away from. Yeah. Well, don't put us with Austin. (laughs) Recipe for disaster. (laughs) Or Brandon even. But. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured that would go. Uh, that was probably a, a given. Um, yeah, and I will note. Fair game. I, I'll say Austin did not request not to be put with y'all. Um, so. <laughs> probably because he would love to see that. Um, he knows how competitive we are and how just we are in general. Uh-huh. So he probably would be like, oh, this would be like intense. And yeah, we'd be fighting by like whole three so yeah i you know i mean you were talking about the team tournament and doing team things uh when when michael and i were thinking about putting this together um the, one of my one of my ideas in doing the team tournament the, the next day was that um in um in delaware in may we had to get on the road after the longest fling so we didn't stay for the finals um, but I, I, you know, Sonny was going around and, um, asking, Hey, who's here in the afternoon. We're going to put a, a round or two together just to play. Cause the course was open. And I was like, man, that would be a lot of fun just to hang out and go through and, and play. Um, and so I thought, well, what is there, a, is there an event we could do that kind of takes that spirit, put some competition in it, but also kind of takes the stakes down a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I so I, I did a little bit of research on what the Ryder Cup does um, and found out that one of the things they do is an alternate shot. Well, that'd be a fun thing to try out. The course in Massanutten um, is an executive course. So eight of the 18 holes are par threes. Um, so it, I, I, don't, I didn't think it would be competitive enough for the uh, individual tournament, um, but it seems like a good setting to be competitive for everybody and fun for everybody. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, definitely within like, shot for for you and Brooke to um uh to push and uh and to uh challenge for the uh, for the trophy. Oh yeah, I mean we're going for the we're going for the gold. We're not trying to get second. You know, Kenzo and uh Austin have been talking a big game out here, but I I really <laughs> am expecting like someone else to win other than them. Not just uh-huh. because, you know, they're like very high up in the rankings, but 
Um, I mean, the, this is what me and Brooke have an advantage of. We know each other very well. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can calm each other down, you know, can also hype each other up if we need to. So, I mean, we're going for Reggie's on every hole here. Like, this is not – we're not just awesome. throwing in the towel. So, um, yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, this should be um, should be fun. How um, so? You mentioned um, not really looking towards golf as something that you play. Um, when did you start playing traditional golf, or, or did you, or uh, was that so, something that came along when y'all um, started with the uh, with the golf club? Yeah, I don't think I actually played golf until we bought the golf course, and then um, I started playing with my dad. He had taken mm-hmm. us to like driving ranges a couple times, but. Mostly we were just like running around, like throwing golf balls at each other and he would hit, you know, like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we had gone to driving ranges a few times. We played here. We started playing as like a family thing um, Mm -hmm. with him and my grandfather, uh, Pappy Harry, as everybody calls him. He uh, was a big golfer, really good golfer. Mm -hmm. Um, He's Mm -hmm. had like over 10 hole in ones in his golfing awesome. career he's also extremely lucky like he's just very <laughs> much lucky like you you do a raffle or something like a 50 50 and you're like oh you know like i'll probably never win this he's yeah. the guy that wins every time like he just puts like two dollars in like, oh, you know. and they're like oh here he is he wins again um so because i definitely think with hole in ones you need to have a little luck So, but they were really big into golfing. They always golfed at a private country club down here, um, Kings Creek, that my dad was a member of for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though if you have met my dad, he is not the country club type. You would never know that he ever was a part of a country club. (laughs) Um, He's very down to earth, very much um, a rooted person like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he doesn't care what people think he also just you know does what he does that's just him yeah um so and i've always admired that about him but you know play we've played over at that golf course a couple times and it was so hard that i like Mm -hmm. literally was Mm -hmm. so frustrated by hole two like yeah i was like this is not fun um and then you know golfing at American classic, I at least was able to get through nine holes without Mm -hmm. like throwing my club. So I was like, (laughs) I could do this, like, this is fine. But, you know, working here, you don't get a ton of time to like play nine, like, you're not going to play it every day, maybe once a week, if you make the time. But, um, you know, that's a whole other thing. But fling golf, you can do it pretty fast. Like, yeah, and again, it's easy to pick up. You don't really have to know anything. You just throw it and go. You just yeah. keep throwing yeah. it until you're at the, t- the green, and then you put it, and then you're moving on. That's right. So, um, yeah, I probably didn't play real golf until I was 18. And then okay. playing golf 2017, I think, is whenever we – 2018? 2018. Okay. Um, and were you at the uh, – was it the PGA Expo? Uh, yeah, we went to it? the – um, NGCOA golf conference, which is the national, national, like owners and operators conference. Okay. Um, and I had gone, I think I had gone two times before Austin had gone. So we went to the one in Florida, the big PGA show and the, um, golf conference. 
And then we had gone to one in Vegas that was kind of like mm -hmm. tech specific for golf because um, we were looking at some software options for POS and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went back to the one in Orlando and took Austin and Brandon mm -hmm. to that one. Um, and that's when we saw the fling golf guys. And um, actually, I think it was that show or maybe the show after, I can't remember. They all kind of go together. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, they had done a commercial kind of thing here. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but I had never met any of them besides Alex. I met Alex and like the camera guy, they came out for a while, okay. filmed one of our leagues. And then um, we had gone to the show that that following couple months and they were there and Brandon, my fiance was wearing a fling golf t-shirt like at the show. Okay. And because we really didn't know that like a lot of people didn't know what fling golf was. Like we thought mm, a lot mm -hmm. of people knew about it. Um, so we were down there walking around or whatever. And I just hear someone yell my name. They were like, Brit. And I was like, <laughs> okay, anyone could be Brit. So I'm like, I sure. don't know. And we saw the fling golf flag. And then they were like, oh, look, it's Brandon too. And I was like, am I having a celebrity moment right now? Like, <laughs> what is happening? And I realized it was Alex. I saw Alex. So I was like, oh, I knew him. And then um, yeah. Sean Van Lanker was there, actually. Okay. Uh -huh. So was Steve. And then there was like a bunch of security guys. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> like, what is happening? Well, it turns out the people who were most interested at fling golf at this PGA show was the security guys working the event. They were like, oh, dude, like we could do this. Like, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. So they were testing it on the range, <laughs> like down at the end. But I was like, this is so cool. So we stood and talked to them for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, they were all excited to be there. I don't know if that was their first or second time being at the PGA. I can't really mm -hmm. remember. But um, yeah, that was <laughs> that was maybe the first time I ever had someone call my name in a crowd where I was like, wow, this is happening. OK, because <laughs> um, like I said, I'm much more like the back of house person. Sure. People don't sure. see me. So I'm like, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was really funny. Did you um, were you um, did you get featured in the commercial that they did? They get you yeah. out of the, the course. Yeah, we all did actually. So I mean, there was um, I was in it. Brandon was in it. Tom, who played in my group in the tournament, was mm -hmm. in it. Austin, my dad, J Rod, Sam, like literally everyone was in it. Um, cool. It was really cool. That I think that was after the first year we did our league. Um, mm -hmm. It might have been the second year we were doing it. Uh, Neil and Swaggy P were in it. I remember that. And Neil's wife Jamie. Um, cause they were all decked out in their USA gear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun. That was cool. And we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. And now back to the future of the fairway podcast. Yeah. So, um, speaking of leagues, um, there's a, a current league, uh, ongoing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be and, um, how it's going? Yeah, so um, Austin had talked to Alex about doing a more professional-only league um, for anyone who had played in the tournament, you know, like a good way to stay competitive, kind of see how you're matching up, all of that. I have to be truthful. I have yet to play. <laughs> <In> the, <laughs> I think it's like a six-week thing. Um, 
we've had events every Friday for the last three, four weeks. So I haven't actually played yet, but I see the guys come in and go out and all that. Um, but I know they've been having a lot of fun with the competition part of it. Like they're not playing a scramble. They're playing their own ball. They're playing the Reggie rule. Um, and kind of just seeing how they stack up amongst each other. I mean, we're really fortunate kind of that we have so many people that play fling golf competitively in our area. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's nice to be able to see like how you're even matching up. I know whenever I was playing in the tournament, like a small gauge for myself beforehand was like, okay, well, I know I'm not anything negative towards him. I hope he doesn't take it this way, but <laughs> me and Sam shoot very similarly. So like mm-hmm. distance wise and stroke wise and, Sam is a much better golfer than I will ever be because he has that passion. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. He's one of our golf pros on staff here. Uh, But we are about the same distance wise. And I was like, okay, well, if he's 24, I think, um, and he's pretty strong. So Mm -hmm, I was like, if mm -hmm. we're shooting about the same, then I'm not feeling like I'm going to be at the end of the 40, you know? So, um, but it was nice that we kind of all could gauge that out too. Cause then you have people like, you know, Brandon who's throwing like two over 200 Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching that. Like <laughs> I'm lucky if I get like one forty, like that's maybe okay. my best. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't tested it, but I would say that's my max max. Yeah. Um, and but, is that via uh, uh, an overhand lacrosse style or are you uh, so I kind softball of do, swing? I really couldn't even explain. I think it looks more javelin slash softball okay. is kind of what it looks more like. Um, I don't think I definitely, I have no lacrosse background. So like that's nothing that was ever going to come out. I think in my fling golf, um, mostly uh, softball and javelin just because the pro hop is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how you kind of draw your elbow through is very similar. Okay. Um but yeah, I like so you get your left down. your left elbow up. Yeah, so I'm a righty. I'm a righty. Um, mm-hmm. I think Brandon and Latham are the only two lefties. Is that right? I think. Yeah, I, I'm um, pretty sure Brandon was like. Uh, I think he was maybe the only lefty in the tournament. I can't I think remember. He might exactly, have been. But he has such a weird throw, like. Did you get to see his like longer shots? I don't know if it's because of oh, hockey or what, but I, no, it was uh, it was great because he's got a um, he's got a draw on yes. his shot, and and Heritage Oaks has a lot of holes where you can just let it rip, and so that's what I was telling Latham. I was like, look, you're gonna when uh, Jack and Brandon and uh, Austin come to play, I want you to watch Brandon because Latham throws more of. Um, almost a golf swing, baseball swing, but it's a really smooth uppercut. And that's how he's yeah. getting his distance because his arms aren't strong enough to go overhand and, you know, get the whip on a, on a swing like Brandon does. Oh my God. Um, Literally the whip is insane. Like it's like yeah. a, a literal <laughs> it's, it's, Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. how do you do that? He's like, I don't know how not to. Like, I mean, like <laughs> how it happens. Because like, I'm like, dude, just throw it straight. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> so... If anybody wants to know the chink in his armor, he can't throw it straight. But I've heard that on the course that was, is coming up, that might be an advantage. So, 
Yeah, and actually there there were there's um and I hadn't really noticed it until we were talking about the dog legs and there's several that go um dog leg left which uh play into that that string for him. Yeah, I played a um I actually just I liberated a course a few weeks ago in New York. Um oh, I was cool. visiting a friend and she was like she's into golf. Like she's mm-hmm. um a big golfer. So she was like, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to play fling golf. Like I don't want to play regular golf. And she was mm-hmm. like, that's fine. So we went and played at, I think it was called broad acres golf club in Orangeburg, New York. It's like right on the border of New York, New Jersey. Okay. And, uh, we played 18 holes. It was a much longer course than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I think it might rival the singles length. Okay. Um, and truthfully, I did struggle on it. It was also very hot that day. Um, yeah. Again, but because it was, you know, middle of August or whatever. Um, but it was, they had a lot of par fives that were really long. Um, mm-hmm. And they had some tough, like up the mountain kind of par three. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you know, from Delaware to somewhere with mountains is a big difference. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was not prepared to have to throw it like 150 up, not even mm-hmm. long, just up. So um, that was interesting, though, to like get a chance to play a different course, because truthfully, I've really only played American Classic um, for fling golf. And then I played a couple other golf courses golfing. But um that was the second golf course i ever played fling golf at and it was a nice change but also challenging mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so um yeah i'm gonna try to play a couple of different courses around here in the next couple of weeks before the singles tournament but, yeah yeah um i know the other guys they've been playing like once a week they've been going to rookery or mulligan's point which are some bigger Mm -hmm. 18 hole courses around um they haven't said so there's like a really long course like five minutes from american classic Mm -hmm. but it's very expensive it's not private though Um, okay it's baywood greens i don't know if you've ever heard of it um they are very popular for like their wedding venue because they have like a garden thing over there but it's a big course very difficult um Mm even to regular golf. They have a couple island greens, uh, a couple like island fairways, I believe, like where you shoot onto the island fairway and then you got to make it over again. (laughs) And so I would be interested to play fling golf over there and see how we could all do over there. But um, yeah, that it's tough not playing here just because it's also free. (laughs) right right yeah yeah if i'm already here it's hard not to do that but Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm gonna try to play i think tomorrow night um with some of the guys and try out some different tees and stuff so i can start getting Mm -hmm. used to the length Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah um yeah i'm still excited though i think regardless of how you know i place in the tournament the singles thing it's i'm just really going the second time to keep more women playing and then mm-hmm. also i gotta keep my name the reggie queen so like <laughs> i gotta keep that happening <laughs> and that that's not up for um up for grabs like if you get beat no. out by either of them they're, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to work pretty hard to keep that up, but yeah, got to keep the title. Cool. Hey, uh, we were um, we were chatting a bit too about podcasts. Um, you said that uh, a few years ago, um, y'all had done a podcast. Uh, was it through the golf course that y'all were doing um, that? Yeah, kind of. It was through the golf course, but also not. But also kind of. Um, it was called Classic Chatter. It mm -hmm. might still be out there. Honestly, okay. I don't even remember what we talked about. I know one episode specifically, we were all very much into The Walking Dead at the time. Um, <laughs> and it was kind of a zombie apocalypse prep episode. Okay. And I think we were talking about how we would use the golf course to like fortify <laughs> for the apocalypse. So if anybody's interested in listening to that, I think it's still out there. All right. Um, it was on SoundCloud for a long time, but, um, yeah, so we, it was mostly Austin, myself, J-Rod, um, let's see, Tom was in a few episodes and my cousin Joey who worked here, uh, previous now he's an okay. EMT, but, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of talked about anything and everything, <laughs> sometimes golf related, sometimes not, uh, like the apocalypse episode. Um, <laughs> I think there was also like a hurricane tips episode because we were okay. It was yeah. after Hurricane Sandy, I feel, but I can't remember which okay. hurricane it was that was coming up this way. So we were telling everybody how to prep for that, um, <laughs> which I think, again, we were saying that the golf course, we had good supplies <laughs> here because we were like, one, the clubhouse has a second level. So I was like, okay, we could go upstairs yep. to the second mm -hmm. level and then. You know, if you needed food or water, we had the cafe downstairs so we could just right. get our water and all that stuff from down there. So um, <laughs> and then, you know, if we needed, I don't even remember, we, uh, supplies, I'm like, we have ladder and tools and stuff all in the maintenance shack. So um, what was yeah, the uh, what was, was what was fun. the inspiration for that? What uh, what was the prompt that said, hey, I, you know, that, that'd be something fun to do. So. We kind of have this thing. We don't do it right now. Um, normally, it's in the off season when the golf is slower and you know everyone's coming in a bit later because you don't have mm -hmm. to be up at like six a.m. anymore. Um, but we kind of had this thing where every Monday morning we would all like gather in the cafe and just kind of talk about like anything and everything that kind of happened. Even though mm -hmm. we all work the weekend, it like I don't know <laughs> sports. We would talk about sports. We would talk about TV shows. We would talk about pop culture things, you know, whatever, and do that for like 30 or 40 minutes, like every time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, guys, why don't we just like start a podcast and then we can just record what we talk about. So I'm like, I think it's got to be kind of funny. I don't know. Um, and it ended up being kind of popular. I wouldn't say overly popular, but we also mm -hmm. just did it more for fun for ourselves. Um, and yeah, but everyone was doing podcasting at the time. I think it was like 20... 2017 maybe okay. when we started um or maybe 2016 might have been right out i don't remember but because i graduated college in 2016 so um yeah i actually fun fact i just realized that big cat lives like 20 minutes away from where i graduated college oh wow um because i knew he said he was from around pittsburgh and i i went to slippery rock which is uh-huh um, like an hour north of Pittsburgh or so or whatever. And when I was listening to his episode, he was saying about where he lived. And I'm like, I have heard that before. Like, 
it can't be that far. So I looked it up and it was like 20 minutes away. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, that's, that's so awesome. funny. But, um, yeah, I've only been in Pittsburgh a couple times, but mm -hmm. I lived out there for a while, four years. Okay. What uh, what are the podcasts that you enjoy uh, listening to or what what got you uh, as well as what got you uh, interested in uh, in listening to them? Um, so I think I just kind of started picking up on podcasts like I had seen some people post out some interesting ones um, like with celebrities that I knew or something. Mm -hmm. So I started mm -hmm. listening to them. Um, I think one of my favorites right now, I do really like Barstool Sports, so I kind mm -hmm. of follow all of their podcasts, but uh, Token CEO with Erica Nardini, the CEO of Barstool, I really like her podcast, mm -hmm. um, mostly the leadership and business aspect of it. I really like yeah. that. Um, and then I also listen to, um, oh, what's his podcast called? I think it's the Rob Bailey show. Um, okay. And he is a business owner, um, entrepreneur. He owns a clothing brand called Flagner fail. And I really like their clothing brand and kind of what they stand for. Um, and he puts out a lot of different business perspectives as well on his podcast. So I listen to that um, anytime it comes out mm -hmm. and then, you know, other ones I just kind of float through depending on like who's on it. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I listen to Joe Rogan. Sometimes he has very interesting perspectives on things um, and also interesting people. Like mm -hmm. actually this is like a random podcast, but I stumbled upon it. I don't even know what made me uh, pull it up, but it was a Joe Rogan podcast with Jewel. So J-E-W-E-L. She was like a 90s artist. Oh, yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, okay. So I had only known like one song of hers. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just going to listen to it, whatever. She has had the most interesting life story. I recommend this podcast to everyone. It's long. <laughs> I think it was like three or four hours, like uh -huh, uh -huh. very long. But it was one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Like, she's had such a tough life. Like, I think she was kicked out of her house at like 15 or 16 or something. Oh, wow. Ended up like somehow in Mexico, like hitchhiking down there found a guitar, like started writing music. Like she just had this whole wow. thing. Wow. Um, and, but like, she still remained like very positive throughout it all. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, her podcast was amazing. Oh, um, oh, cool. But then occasionally I get into like the conspiracy or true crime podcast, you know, okay. like, um, I think it's, have you done the, the, did you listen to serial and, um, some of the other ones that have been done that kind of kicked off those um, yes. serialized as well as crime. Yes. Like they're scary, but also, I don't know. I feel like they're just kind of entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. And the one, I forget who it's by. I think it's mile higher. Does a bunch of conspiracy ones that I've listened to, like, you know, conspiracy about the, what was it called? What was the project that they based stranger things off of? was a Manhattan project. Montauk. Yeah. Montauk. Montauk. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was like the first one I listened to by them and then um, kind of just like floated through some other ones. And then they also have like true crime, like the um, disappearances ones or, mm -hmm. you know, they've done a couple on like serial killers and that kind of thing. But 
Yeah, I just really enjoy podcasts. I like that, you know, listening to music. I love listening to music, mm -hmm. but if you kind of just want to like think and be entertained at the same time and like do your own thing, like podcasts are great. Yeah. And another favorite podcast is Future of the Fairway. I listen to that every week. So, well, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's definitely been fun uh, getting to to chat with people like you. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, having even more women uh, on on the podcast as well because I think that that's. Um, I, I was chatting with Kathy um, early on, and I said, "You probably recognize this." I'm going to say it out loud because. Um, I just want you to know I recognize it too. I've got a, I've had a bunch of white males on the podcast, <laughs> and, um, and it's going to be good to have um, some other perspectives. So I'm hoping to oh, yeah. uh, at some point interview her, maybe uh, interview Gwendolyn as well. But I know there's a few others um, that are active on the Facebook Players page. Um, yeah. So I'll be uh, reaching out as well because I think that um, I think it'd be good to get uh, get that perspective. Um, and uh, and make sure that when we talk about accessibility, um, that that's true across um, whether it's men and women, boys and girls, uh, and, and ages. I, th I thought that it was really cool um, in Delaware at the tournament that there was quite a, a wide variety of ages. That this is not something that's only for the young folks. Um, that, oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there was. Let's see. So like the youngest competitors in the singles tournament were maybe like 14 or 15. Yeah. And then the oldest was 80. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. think uh, D-Day's dad was 80. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's insane to me. Plus a lot of the people were, I would say I was on the younger end of things still, mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. 28. So, because yeah. um, I know, well, Jack is like in his 60s. And he mm -hmm. was in the top two. So that's insane. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I actually think there was a lot of people like 40s to 50s. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very yeah, I'm 42. So I, I felt like I was right in the middle of of that. Um, depending on depending on who I'm, who I'm around, I'm either really old or really young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to Latham's friends, you're probably really old. So. Oh, goodness. It's... Uh... <laughs> I, I love love the questions that we'll get sometimes. Like, did they have um, color TV when you were growing up? <laughs> like, were you like what? <laughs> like how? Like, yeah, we, we need to do some history lessons about what what happened with. I mean, the 1900s were definitely a, a, a hundred years of a lot of really fast paced growth, but uh, uh -huh. we were at the tail end of that. <laughs> it actually so it makes me laugh that like kids now. They, I have been asked, and I'm not even that old, like, oh, were you born in the 1900s? And I'm like, why do you say it like that? That makes me feel so old. Like, And I was towards the end of it, so I'm like, that's right, that's right. what, were you born in the 2000s? Like, <laughs> I've had, I have a cousin, she's nine, and she says that, and I'm like, 1900s, that's what are great. you saying? Like, yeah, I would... Yeah, the 1900s definitely. I would say that it's got to be 1900 to what, maybe 1930. Uh, would yeah, be. <laughs> yeah, like significantly older, <laughs> not just uh, the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, I've heard people say that. I've also heard people say about, um, well, the internet was a big thing. Like, mm -hmm. uh, did you have the internet growing up? And I was like, well, probably not until like I was at least. 
almost 10. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I wasn't, it didn't have it my whole life. I also mm-hmm. didn't have a cell phone my whole life, like a lot of people now, but. Um, yeah, that's Lathan's in fifth grade. So, um, he's definitely, he's got a few friends, um, who walk to school, I think. So they've got, they've got cell phones, um, some yeah. limited versions and we're Kathy and I both got our first cell phones when we were in college, um, you know, late nineties, early, uh, early aughts. And cause that's when they were becoming affordable, um, yeah. for, <laughs> for people. Literally. So, um, so that's what we kid him about. Like, well, we got ours in, uh, in college. So maybe when you get to college, you can get one too. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, yeah, good try dad. That's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the next, uh, the next big thing. Uh, and then trying to figure out which, which type, because apparently all the uh, old cell phones, old flip phones that we have, uh, it looks like some of those are coming back. Um, I've uh, actually seen a in. few. Yeah. I've seen a couple golfers actually have them and I've been like, how did you get that? And they're like, dude, they sell them now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Which I, I think we're, I would say that I'm not fully opposed to that. If he can call maybe text, that's it. Like, I, you know, give me, yeah. give me a phone that, that can do that. Uh, but is not connected to the internet, um, then I'll be, I'll be happy for that. Yeah. No, I was listening to a, um, I think it was a, a podcast, actually, they were talking about like internet. Um, and, you know, like letting your kid have a computer or whatever to like play mm-hmm. on or if they need it for school or something. Um, and they were talking about how when they were growing up, and I think this person was born in like 85 or so, mm-hmm. um, they were like, we didn't have to worry about this at all. Like, my parents didn't yeah. have to think about it. My parents didn't have to be like, aware, of, mm-hmm. you know, monitoring, like what I'm doing online or what I'm watching, you know, so yeah, yeah, um, it's a whole new, new school of uh, learning. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, Brett, thanks so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate you um, uh, chatting with me and uh, helping out uh, the podcast. And um, I appreciate your support too. Uh, that that means a lot. And uh, really looking forward to seeing you in Virginia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Big thanks to Brett for finishing out the front nine episodes of the Future of the Fairway podcast today. What a fun chat. I cannot wait to have her back on the podcast. Also, a big thanks to our presenting sponsor, American Classic Golf Club, the premier fling golf course and club in the country. ACGC is located in Lewis, Delaware, near Rehoboth Beach. Go meet some of the kindest folks for a fun and challenging round of fling golf. It's been a blast doing these first nine episodes. Another thank you to you, the listeners, for helping make this happen and for keeping it going. If you haven't already, uh, be sure to leave a rating and a review on whatever platform you use to listen to these podcasts. Future of the Fairway will take a few weeks break uh, from our weekly episodes, uh, but we'll be plan to be back at the beginning of November with the back nine guests to conclude season one uh, by the end of this year. But stay tuned as I'm looking to have one or two special live episodes between now and the Virginia Fling Golf Open, October 22nd and 23rd. With that, it's time to bid farewell for a few weeks, but uh, we'll be back before you know it. The Future of the Fairway podcast is presented by American Classic Golf Club, produced by Adam Copeland, recorded via the Riverside.fm platform, edited and distributed to the Anchor.fm website, and can be accessed wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, happy flinging. <laughs>